Hey guys, on this episode of EdTech, I'm going to be talking with Josiah Way. We're going to be talking about, about how coronavirus has affected funding, both on the private and on the state school level. All this and more on EdTech. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is EdTech, episode 85, Crossover Palooza with Joe Way. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by Extron, industry-leading technology backed by world-class support. This is EdTech, the monthly higher ed tech podcast. And this one has been kind of bubbling for a bit. We're finally doing what we're referring to as the Crossover Palooza, in which, we're, in which I'm finally getting to chat with, uh, the, with uh, Josiah Way. And I have to admit, I actually have been a fan of Joe's stuff. And, and uh, if anything, there are times where I will admit up front, Joe, that um, you are actually, if anything, you are actually far more active about these things. And I, and I, I kind of aspire to be uh, as active in social media as well as um, just in the tech management position of things. But Joe, for those who aren't aware of Joe's position or anything, you mind doing a little intro for yourself or anything? Absolutely. Hey, and this is so exciting for me because I know I've said it before, this is like my all-time favorite podcast. So I'm total (laughs) fanboying right now, like completely fanboying. So um, yeah, no, I am Joe Way. So I'm obviously the director of learning environments at the University of Southern California and Mm -hmm. also hosting of the Higher Ed AV podcast and then some random stuff on Twitter and things like that. Well, there's also the HETMA or Higher uh, head. Higher hi, yeah, Higher Education Technology Managers Association uh, Alliance Alliance. I know right. we've got everyone says association. We've thrown it around. That should we actually be caught? But then the, the, it sounds like association sounds like there's more paperwork to do. True, um, <clears throat> and if anything, uh, you know, obviously, right now everyone's been uh, kind of sequestered uh, or sheltered in place, however you want to call it. Uh, in here, here, over here on the East Coast in Jersey, we just go, well, you know, with everything going on, um, in, in true uh, New Jersey fashion, you know, you do it with the hands because, you know, the Sopranos. But anyway, um, <clears throat> one of the things that went on was uh, HETMA has actually been doing some online conferences. And as a technology manager, whether you're at a K through 12, uh, or if you're in uh, community college or junior college, depending on geographically where you are, um, you know, your colleges or universities, uh, time can be a premium for tech managers because, you know, I always say this, and Joe probably says it, we wear many hats. Uh, you know, in my case, we're internal integrators. Uh, we're also the, you know, the, the first line folks that end up uh, chatting with the faculty to make sure that they're comfortable with the rooms and everything else. So, be able to say, hey, can I take like a day or two off to uh, go to a, a conference and everything? If it's in the local area, sure. If it's, uh, if it's more than, you know, 20, 20 miles away, they're, they're kind of like, uh, you know, you got to stay here. But if it's a virtual conference, oh, you know, you hear it, no problem. You know, you can watch it on your mobile device, your iPad, your laptop, whatever. And it's nice in that it kind of reminds me. And Joe, you've been to you've been to uh, some of the CCUMC um, uh, conventions and everything, or yep. no? Yep, absolutely. Yeah. Went to a couple of those, and it kind of gives me the same feeling of there's there's a lot more cooperation with everything. It's it's and once again in higher ed, you know, at least on the technology side, it's all about sharing ideas. No one's you know, and I 
with the exception, and believe me, Ernie, I, I can always feel Ernie just kind of laughing about this one and everything, but I always say, like, folks aren't saying, oh, yeah, I want to go to William Patterson, or, oh, I want to go to USC. Why? They have high-def projectors. No one's saying that. <laughs> now, in Ernie's case, it might be because, oh, yeah, there's medical imaging equipment, and yes, like, those, that does make, like, a key difference in everything. You know, shades, literally shades of gray. So, um, yeah, but like I said, it's one of those things I really am a big fan of and everything. I wish I could have attended. Uh, I had uh, some family uh, items to take care of and everything that were related to COVID, so we'll just keep it to that. But, no worries. There's more to come. There's yes. More. That's always a good thing. So yeah. the big thing I wanted to ask you, Joe, is um, now being that you guys are a private school, you know, once again, USC is a private school and everything, uh, one, give everyone an idea of how big your school is and at least for us, you know, we get our state funding. We'll get into that in a little bit. But how do you guys, you know, where do you guys fall into? Are you under, like, you know, say the chancellor or the provost? Are you guys under the IT department? You know, like, how help, help break it down. It's, you know, and I'm sure folks have probably heard this a billion times. But once again, there's always new folks listening. And once again, at the, you know, at a school your size, you know, it, it, it works a little differently than, you know, a smaller school like mine. Yep. Um, well, see, we're actually in a federated environment, mm-hmm. um, but also sort of centralized. It's a weird setup. We're in the process of, <laughs> because we've gone through a major reorg. So there still are patches of their own. But yeah, I technically fall under the IT department, which falls under the finance department, which falls under the president. Um, okay. That's how we, that's how we roll. Um mm-hmm. And, uh, but it actually turns out to be great when you fall under the people that control the money. Yes. Um, you know, so there are advantages to it. Of course, you have to be good with your money and we always should because the, mm-hmm. we know that the students, you know, pay a ton to be able to take advantage of the services. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, that's the way we fall. We have 47,000 students here. Uh, so it is kind of a beast and it was a beast to put online. It's going to be a beast to bring back uh, and figure out what that's going to look like. Um, but our funding comes that way. It's interesting because as you mentioned, you know, like how you'll get to the funding is, you know, people think, oh, well, the private schools, they've got huge endowments. Yeah, but those endowments are tied up to contract. Like they're, they're given yeah. an earmark for things. You can't just mm-hmm. go decide you want to spend it on something else. So we're very, very reliant on can people actually show up here and take classes and mm-hmm. can people attend events? We have the Coliseum. I mean, every day we can't, Host. I mean, not, it's not just the seven football games, but the soccer games that are hosted there, everything that goes on. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, the, that's one of those things, like, and then recently in the news, uh, you know, you saw like Harvard. Oh, Harvard got the money. Oh, but they have a huge endowment and they have to give it back. And they gave it back because, you know, this and that. And you're right. Like, I know some folks who work at Princeton and a couple other schools and everything. And yeah, <clears throat> they, they may have an endowment, but the endowments are, you know, in Princeton's case, they have a huge endowment. A good chunk of it uh, actually went over to their clean plasma lab, which ate up a ton of money. And in fact, a couple of years back, uh, because it had eaten up so much and everything, they actually downsized for a little bit. Uh, they actually, you know, a couple of their capital plans folks uh, actually, you know, came over to us and, you know, not for nothing. We did kind of have this laugh of, we looked and we're like, you're coming from Princeton and you're coming to, you're coming to us. Okay. And but the thing is, you know, it's not infinite money. And uh, at least on, now on the other end of it with us, 
um, you know, some folks go, oh, well, it's a state school. Oh, you guys will be fine. Not as much money as you think actually goes to state schools. Like before, like a good number of years ago, it used to be 50-50. Now with the way that the, they've been doing, you know, budget reductions year by year, only probably about 20% of our funding actually comes from uh, the state. Everything else is through tuition, through outside uh, rentals, through, you know, technology fees, things like that. And, <clears throat> you know, room and board, all that kind of stuff. So, yeah, for us, it's not just, you know, oh, well, here, we'll do some stuff uh, online. Yeah, that's, that's only going to do X amount of dollars. And that's only going to, you know, bring X amount of students in. And go ahead. I know, say, that's interesting because my view is, oh, well, the states have unlimited money, right? If they can, you know, here in California, we're giving $600 a week to everyone who can't work and we're just throwing money around everywhere. So therefore you think, hey, okay, so they can just keep open because they can just keep those property tax dollars flowing in and mm -hmm. keep, every, but yet, and then it was someone else who I was talking to um, from Stockton, James, you know, we're in the business of furloughing people and stuff in state schools yeah. and things. And you don't, think about that from the private side that, yeah, you're right. States know how to cut by just saying, all right, everyone, you get every Friday off until we break, we're back to where we need to be. And it's like, wow, that's kind of a, a scary thing. And we're juggling that and we're trying to figure out whether we oh, yeah. have to go that way. Um, but yeah, we, we'd also, you know, you don't get the money you think is always there. Right. Yeah. That's, and that's the big thing. Um, you know, our, our president, it's this, this one's public knowledge and everything. Um, our president announced that my school alone is looking at about $12 million shortfall and a student decrease of about 10%, which, you know, you hear that and you go, whoa, for us, that's a thousand students. That's a thousand students that are not, they're just saying, you know what, I'm going to take a semester, I'm going to take a year off. And for us, that, you know, pretty much we had at least a couple of projects. I had I had a project that I was working on with my team for close to a year in which we were going to renovate, uh, <clears throat> we were going to renovate a three-way divisible ballroom, which <clears throat> Joe, I'm sure you're, I'm sure mm -hmm. you've had fun with, uh, conditional logic alone with that is always just like, yay. But it also turned into the, the four projector screens had to get replaced. And that was like 70 K just by itself. <clears throat> so it's, all that, all of a sudden, you know, everything got put on hold, and they said, "Yeah, you're you're not doing that this summer." I'm going, but but I already put it out to bid. Yeah, we're canceling the bid. Okay, and yeah, it, yeah. and it was just one of those ones where we looked and we're like, "Okay, you know, that's that's a that's a bit of a deal breaker." Um, but you know, it doesn't mean that everything has come to a complete screeching halt. Um, for you guys, you still have summer projects. For us, we push forward in which uh, we bought a new building and we've been working with the architect and trying to get in uh, all the, <clears throat> all the odds and ends into it and everything. And, you know, it's been going fairly smoothly, uh, mostly because the architect effectively said, Oh, what, what kind of consultant do you want to have for the AV? I said, the one that literally just rubber stamps what I said, <laughs> went, oh, I can do that. I can do that. And uh, so far we've actually, we've actually done fairly well with that. So, um, you know, it, it, in terms of renovation and ongoing projects, we're good with that. Um, but like you said, um, we're all looking at it as, yeah, there's probably, last time this happened, 
uh, we took about, we ended up getting about a week of furlough. Thankfully, we could spread it out over the course of the year, but you know, it's still, it's essentially, it's a week of pay that's just like, yeah, you guys got to do without this. Well, what's the alternative? The alternative is that, you know, Bob and Jim and uh, Sandy over there uh, are going to get, are going to get laid off in order to compensate for this. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's, it's an interesting time because like you said with yours, you want to hear a scary number. I hear we're down $50 million a week that we're closed. Oh Yeah. Is that crazy? I mean, and you don't realize like what, because we, I mean, we contribute like 8 billion a year to the city of Los Angeles because Mm -hmm. we're the largest employer in LA. So that is just scary numbers. And and you have to start sit there and go, the sad part is, is you do have to start making those decisions. Well, Mm -hmm. where can, if everyone just took one day off a week for a month, we can save $200 million. Like really? that much in payroll we pay every week like it's scary in those numbers and then you also think like you were saying like tuition like we sit there and go okay it's sixty thousand dollars a year to go to school here mm-hmm. what are we going to do with all those freshmen who have now been accepted you're not going to really pull it back that would be the worst optics you could ever do who um, now turn around and go well if you're not going to do classes on campus in the fall i'm not just going for the classes i want football in the coliseum I want the fall. Everything happens, like, you know, when you're a high school senior, everything mm-hmm. happens in the spring. So I feel mm-hmm. bad about all the high school seniors this year. But when you're in college, everything is in the fall, right? All mm-hmm. the good stuff is the fall. Mm-hmm. So therefore, you go, if they're going to miss that, you know how many we're already hearing saying, well, I'm just going to defer my enrollment until spring. I'll do community college work at home. If I'm already going to have to attend online, I'll just stay home, not spend the money, do those GEs online from the community college, transfer it in because you know what? When I graduate, my degree is still going to say USC, right? Because you're, yep. and, and then they're deferring that. And every student who chooses to defer for even one semester is $30,000 in tuition that's lost. I mean, take that by the numbers. That's huge. And, you know, and it's like, you don't want to open just because of the numbers. And, that, you know, and it's one of those things you don't, it's a reality, but on the other hand, safety is important. So where's that line? And we're in that interesting time where we all know we're looking to start opening, but where do you make the decision? We're looking to open for fall. We're acting like we're opening for fall and our contingencies mm-hmm. are working that way, but who knows what's going to happen? Yeah. The, <clears throat> and that's the other thing too. So for us, um, our school, we, as I say, we tend as I say, our school is actually designated a, um, a Latinx or Latino serving institution because uh, more than 30% of our population is Hispanic, Latino, Latinx, and all that kind of stuff. Um, now, because of that, we also tend to have uh, students who, this is like, they're the first in their generation to go to college. And so for them, it's a lot of working students. It's a lot of, you know, I'm going either part-time or, you know, this is, you know, this is the big to-do. And one of the things that we also looked at in order to kind of make up the shortfalls are like, well, we're going to have to, you know what, we're going to raise uh, tuition again. And so far the student body and some other folks have really, you know, raised nine kinds of, you know, what on us. And we're like, guys, we have to make this up somehow. And to put it in perspective, it's not a giant jump. I think it was either like 1.5 or 1.75 or even two which in the grand scheme of it is not that deadly. Now, comparatively, um, for us, tuition is, if I remember right, I think uh, including room and board is about 
it's, uh, I want to say it's like about 13 or 14 or so. Mm -hmm. Um, but you know, keep in mind also our, our majors are, are more like, uh, music students, uh, nursing, physical therapy, um, higher, you know, uh, like uh, graduate degrees in education and things like that. So we don't have like the massive science and engineering backgrounds. Uh, I like to defer those and say, yeah, you guys can go to either Rowan or Rutgers for those. We're more of the liberal arts stuff. So backing that up for us. Yeah. We're, we're trying to not kind of, you know, boil the frog, so to speak in, in raising tuition rates on things. But at the same time, we're trying to close the shortfall. And, you know, there's still talk back and forth of us getting uh, some amount of monies back from uh, CARES. And, you know, of course, they said, oh, yeah, we'll, re we'll readjust it after the fiscal year, which closes out in June. The trouble is that our President Primus also said, oh, yeah, we're not going to do any layoffs until the end of the fiscal year. And all of us looked and went, that's June. Mm -hmm. And... So, you know, all of a sudden you have folks who were planning on moving, who were planning, you know, planning on a family and this and that. And they're all suddenly looking going, okay, maybe I should wait till September when this all boils through. And, you know, I won't lie. It's a scary time. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, but it's, yeah. yeah, no, no, it's, it's interesting. Cause I, I, based on what you just said, what people don't realize is that we live on future earnings that already have, previous earnings? How do you say it? So we budget yeah. based on money that's already been allocated, right? Mm -hmm. So therefore, when, like, like you said, why are a lot of people not being furloughed or laid off right now? Because they're living on money that's already there. The problem is what happens in July when all of our new budgets start and now we're having to project for that or the following year. Like even this mm -hmm. next year might be okay because that money is probably already earmarked. Right. But even that they're already looking ahead and looking at the shortfalls that are going to happen this year because now that impacts ahead. So that's why we're all kind of quote unquote living pretty right now. But that yeah. may not be the case as soon as it's OK. Now, new reality that we have to look ahead. We're living on borrowed money right now. Yeah. The the other thing. And once again, this is this is kind of adapting to uh, the students we have, the environment that we're in, and also just trying to, for us, it's trying to shore up, you know, pick up the low-hanging fruit, so to speak. Uh, it sounds mean when I say this, but uh, like in our case, the building that we're renovating, uh, it's going to be the continuing professional education building. So that is your CCNA certs, your Microsoft certs, your CompTIA certs. Uh, I believe we're putting a phlebology lab which, you know, if you don't know what that is, when the folks come around and take your blood, that's them. Um, we're also putting in things like uh, we have a, I, I do laugh about this, but we have a cannabis institute that's going in there, but it's more of a policy. It's like an urban, it's an urban planning policy um, uh, group and everything. Mm -hmm. And then that's just how and, they got the funding approved by saying that. Well, you know, uh, we're also doing, uh, there's going to be a small business development center. And then last but not least, um, we, we actually used to have a daycare center on campus. And then uh, we renovated two buildings, knocked the building that had the daycare center in it down. And we put the writing center in there. And I'm like, oh, that's ironic, but whatever. And um, so we're putting the daycare center back in, mostly because um, it's a, once again, for us, it's, a, it's not only a nice to have, uh, for staff and faculty and the students, 
Um, it also also kind of loops in and lets our uh, elementary and secondary, well, so our elementary ed uh, majors uh, able to do their thing. So like I said, we're looking at things and going, okay, this will bring in some money. It's not going to be, you know, gangbusters, but you know, everyone can always do it. I always tell everyone, I'm like, at the very least, go get your CompTIA or your uh, help desk uh, certification stuff. Like that's, you know, that's, that's easy peasy stuff. It's, you know, it's a good thing to have in the resume. Like I said, I go on. Yeah, no, absolutely. Um, and it's interesting. So to ask now, I love the, like your, the contrast between our schools. So now <laughs> what, and, it's, and it was fantastic because it, what do you think, like to me, I sit there and think, okay, where is our impact from this? Mm-hmm. You guys can be the winners out of things like this, right? When you, what you just explained with the school that's going in there, people taking blood, what do we need right now? We need testers. And we need people taking blood. What, do, what are the safe, safe-ish, let's call it, industries right now? People mm-hmm. who can work remotely and do IT support, mm-hmm. right? That's a win and an easy win um, for schools like you who can, you know, add that in and have people get, you know, get that career path really easily because everyone starts freaking out. If I were a junior in high school right now, I'd mm-hmm. be freaking out of, okay, the major I thought was going to be there. What does this mean? I'm seeing people in my industry who Mm -hmm. are being laid off. They're not able to work. My parents are there, but there are other people. I think there's a huge win for, for the, I think the the smaller schools even, um, Mm -hmm. and not even just the online schools, but those that have very specific degrees for specific, um, you know, majors are the winners. So one of the things that I, I had to, uh, that I took note, um, uh, the other big thing is that for us, um, our online program is, 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 it's been there, but it's never been as robust as we'd like. So we actually um, did, did a, uh, <clears throat> funny enough, we started working with academic partnerships. And if you're not familiar with them, they tend to set up, you know, advertising and courses and all the, they, you know, they essentially guide your online program to here, let's get it to where it should be. And one of the programs that we actually are going to be launching, or at least they're planning to launch online, is it will actually be a master's in uh, autism. And, yeah, it's actually a master's in autism and autistic uh, education, which in itself, it sounds like it's one of those, it's a specialized thing, but at the same time, folks are looking for, you know, it's like, oh, I can't really go out the ho- outside the house that much, or, oh, I can only do X, Y, and Z. Well, you know, we're trying to hype up the, um, the online education stuff. Is it the same as being in class? No. I, you know, I believe me, I'm, I'm a firm advocate of always being, you know, I love to be in the classroom because I like to be the, uh, the, the evil malcontent in the back of the room <laughs> where everyone just goes, oh, what's Bill want now? And uh, <clears throat> if you ever want any proof of that, all you have to do is just ask uh, Justin Springler over at Crestron because he sees me raise my hand and he just goes, oh, no. Oh, boy. Oh, yeah. No, if anything, that's actually how I met an associate of both of ours, uh, James, who's over at uh, Stockton. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's really funny, too, because James is more of an AMX guy, and to which I remember seeing him at the Crestron Summit. And I'm going, what are you doing here? But anyways, um, like I said, for us, yeah, we're trying to go for some of the quick turnaround stuff. Um, <clears throat> and the other, the other end that I'll tell you, this is, I don't know if this is something that California has done, but uh, back during uh, when Christie was governor, which was a couple of years back, 
uh, he actually instituted what was called the three plus one rule, which is you could go to a junior or community college for three years, transfer over to a state school for the last finishing year, and your degree will say your degree will say whatever the state school is. Oh, wow. Which, yeah, well, see, from a student perspective, they go, oh, that's great. For us, it's it's one of those things where we have to we really have to get into the nitty gritty and check to make sure everything meets the accreditation, mm-hmm. because effectively it kind of turned us into a little bit of a finishing school. But they're still working it through. Um, on the reverse end of that, though, uh, once the state schools you know got word of this, at least in New Jersey, they said, "Okay, fine, we're going to start offering associate degrees." And the community colleges all went, "Wait, what? No, that's our mm-hmm. thing. That's that's what we do." And we're like. Turnabout's fair play, guys. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, you know, we just had where uh, we have a couple of our community colleges that were now just uh, allowed to offer four-year degrees. Well, wow. you're no longer a community college if you can offer a four-year degree. But on the other hand, and our community college system is moving, and they had done this even before pandemic, online. And you can get a four-year degree by doing it online through the community college online program. So that's really interesting, but we do have, you know, not necessarily to, uh, I mean, we, we cooperate, but California does have the, if you do certain classes mm-hmm. at your community college, you'll get your guaranteed acceptance into a UC or a Cal State. Now, you're not necessarily going to get into UCLA or, you know, Berkeley, but, um, but you will get into one of them. Like they will guarantee acceptance if you do the certain things to be able to move up. And that is done on a two-year plan. So it's a two and two. Um, and then at SC, we kind of follow that too. If you do that, you know, that's a minimum requirement to be able to get in and transfer in. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's, it's interesting. Yeah. The other, the other thing, and, um, I don't know, once again, this is, this is, you know, dependent on state. Uh, <clears throat> one of the interesting bits that we've done here is that a couple of the community colleges, uh, actually have come under the purview of one or two of the state schools. So for example, uh, there's a Burlington uh, Community College. It's now Rowan actually runs it. So, <clears throat> which, to which you know, Rowan's uh, Rowan's enrollment you know skyrocketed, and rightly so, uh, because the other underlying thing is that you know most folks don't realize this. If you look at least you know, if you look at most of the community colleges, it's like oh well you know folks are going through and this and that this and that. And it's like no, go look at their student body. Their student bodies are at times mind-boggling. Like in, you know, my county alone, Middlesex County College has a boatload of students and they have at least four or five campuses. And, you know, they, you know, they have, they share a couple with um, Rutgers and everything, but as I say, to, for them to pull that, it's, it's one of those things I look and I go, man, I wish we could take over one of the community colleges, at least in our county. I'm like, (laughs) oh God, our student body would double. But once again, it's, it's all on how we're, crunching the numbers. It's all how we're doing the planning and how this comes back to us and everything. Uh, for us, um, yeah, we're originally, you know, the building renovation, we were going to bid it out because it's right now we're looking at about 26 rooms or so. And we kind of leveraged everything, looked at it all and said, okay. And instead we're actually going to be going with, um, Crestron's, uh, NVX system. Mm-hmm. So really, as far as we're concerned, it's just network drops and, you know, just running a speaker wire back down to the, down to the uh, podium or credenza, wherever you want to call it. 
and you know then also run a low voltage uh, low voltage uh, relay uh, wire and everything and pretty much everything else it's it's on the network yeah so. absolutely and i tell you that makes our construction moving forward so much easier i mean i just sit there and think here you you just start marking it up by telling me where to put data drops and even if you're like you're using nvx i mean gosh even for the uh, screen relay just get their little uh, you know oh, yeah. relay device module. You yeah. don't even need to worry about running it all the way back to your thing. Just keep it in the sky and put a network jack up there. You know, I mean, like it's, it's getting to the point where it's ridiculously easy and um, which is great. Yeah. The, and like I said, for us, it's just managing all the stuff on the network. The next phase of all this though, and, <clears throat> and this is, you know, this will be something maybe we'll talk at a later date is it's the, for that, I'm just kind of more concerned about the bandwidth, which is why we went with NVX, because for them, they're like, oh, yeah, we can do it on a one gig pipeline. Here you go. Fine, whatever. Uh, you know, other folks are like, oh, we can do one gig or 10 gig. And I'm like, oh, that's cool. Uh, you know, back of my brain goes, that's really cool. On campus, that's fine. We have at least three or four satellite buildings. And they're like, yeah, no, we're not doing that. Yeah, no, I mean, that's the whole thing. Is So I did a whole proof of concept. And, you know, I don't want to be you know, same saying anything about any one brand over another, but we did do a number of proofs of concepts. Mm -hmm. And while the 10 gig thing sounds great and you're thinking, Ooh, okay. I can pass a lot with that. Um, just make sure when you tell your network team, keep your camera running, start filming before you say it so that you get the whole reaction mm -hmm. and you, and you start saying how you need it run directly back to you know, you need 10 gigs back and forth directly into their switches. And there's, a, and then they go with, oh, where's your budget coming from to upgrade our, all of our uh, blades from? Yeah. Um, oh, you mean, and then they're not cheap and to make it work. So we realized going, okay, now you want to do that in an enterprise level. Oh, hell, you know, um, mm -hmm. that is just becomes a massive lift. Not that it's bad. But it's just be honest that that's not where our infrastructures are. Many, especially like us, we have a lot of historic buildings. We're mm -hmm. still running Cat Five in our thing, you know. And but that's that good Cat Five E is good enough to run the one gig, right? Yeah. It it qualifies for. It'll make it. Now we'll worry about other things down the road. But you know that's the kind of the reality at the point where you, if you want to start extending and going, maybe I'll say like this way: if you're trying to make the jump. If you're trying to go from the 15 rack units of analog stuff into a networked world, it's a good, easy step. Now, maybe five years from now, this conversation is completely different. All of our backbones, all of our IT infrastructures have upgraded. They've found the need, thanks to things like network traffic of Zooms and things like that, that they have to upgrade and it becomes a non-issue. I can say for most of us, it's probably an issue right now on an internet oh, yeah. level. Yeah, the... Um and I'll, I'll just kind of keep it everything to this in that, uh, and I don't, and I don't, uh, I don't bash manufacturers mostly because uh, most manufacturers and Joe, you can agree with me on this one. They will have one, uh, they'll have a couple of products that for them, it's like, Oh, this is bulletproof. Like this thing's like the Mack truck. You can't screw this up. And there's other stuff that, you know, they go, Hey, check this out. And you look and you go, yeah, that's going to go back in the oven. That's that needs some work. But once again, like, you know, not every, you know, granted, many companies are starting to, you know, dive into different, uh, sand, you know, try to say, oh, here, play in our sandbox. That's great. Um, for us, 
Yeah, listen, we, you know, there's some stuff that Extron does really great. There's some stuff that Crestron does really great. There's some stuff that, you know, yeah, I'd rather just go with BrightSign with for, you know, signage. Why? Mm -hmm. Because they're cheap and easy. And I, you know, if it breaks, oh my gosh, I'm out in a micro SD card in 500 bucks. But, you know, once again, it's, it's how you mix and match with these things. So, um, once again, we're, we're kind of coming up on the limit here and everything, but Joe, where can the fine folks find you at, uh, online? Hey, you can find me on all social media at Josiah way. Um, pretty much it's consistent across the board. You can find me. And then of course you can find the podcast and Hetman and all that through me there. And they're all at, at what they would be hired at AV and, yeah. and all that stuff. Yay. Once again, I'm Bill O'Donnell. You can find me on LinkedIn. Uh, I'm usually uh, messing with uh, Joe and uh, his ilk on uh, Twitter from time to time. Uh, don't worry, you'll just see a simple caricature of me and you can figure everything else out from there. Anyways, once again, this has been EdTech, part of the crew, part of the AV Nation uh, podcast family. As always, this is EdTech.